welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. All right. If you would turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1 still, chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 13 through 16 tonight. We've been talking about um, how Peter was writing how we should how we should live in the midst of a hostile world. Um, he tells us we're to live as strangers and aliens in this world. He tells us that we have been chosen, that we've been called by God. Um, he tells us we've been born again, and, and and we ought to rejoice because of that. We we rejoice and we we. Um, we bless God, we praise Him because we've been born again. We have an inheritance that is secure forever in heaven. And, and, and God holds us and keeps us by His power. And, and because of all that, we can rejoice even when circumstances are difficult, even whenever we face trials and tribulations, uh, because we have this great hope within us. And tonight, we're going to be looking at some of the implications of, of how we ought to live because of what Christ has done for us in Jesus. Um, the way that New Testament letters are often framed is they'll have these two different kind of parts, two different kinds of um, speaking. One is the indicative, and, and I'll explain what that means. It's, it's, it's indicating something. It is, it is, this is what is real. This is, this is the basis. This is, this is the foundation. And then there's the imperative. The imperative is, you know, you know, when you're learning grammar, you, you've got an imperative sentence. It's, it's, it's a command. It's telling somebody to do something. In the New Testament letters, you always have the indicative, the, what Jesus has done, what God has done for us in Christ, always comes before the imperative. We always act on the basis of what Christ has already done. And that is really, really crucially important. Uh, I know I'm using words we're not used, necessarily used to using in, in everyday conversation, but it's important to understand because we don't live out a holy life, we don't live out obedience to Christ so that we can be accepted by Him. The indicative, what God has done for us in Jesus, always precedes the command. Just like in, in uh, Leviticus, whenever uh, Jane was reading it, he commands us, Be holy, for I am holy, for, for I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. The salvation had already taken place, and then he calls his people to live holy. And in the, sa- the same way, because God has worked in Christ to save us, because He's caused us to be born again to a living hope, because He has all these things for us, He calls us then to live holy lives. And the reason why this is important is if we lose that distinction, we fall into legalism. We fall into the idea of, I have to be good, I have to be better, in order that God might accept me. And the way the Bible puts it is, I have accepted you by faith in Christ. I have accepted you on the basis of what I've done in Jesus. Now, because of that, you live out on that basis. So, we'll read, it, we'll read the text that we have before us tonight, beginning in verse 13. 
Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you as at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you. Though we have not seen you, we love you. And Lord, we believe in you. And Father, you have, have put this love in our hearts. You have put this, this belief in our hearts because you have called us from darkness into light, because you have, have caused us to be born again. You have, have risen us from the dead. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to live in light of what you've already done for us in Jesus. We pray that you would help us, Lord, to live holy lives, not in order to gain acceptance, but because we have been accepted in Jesus, because we are your children. Lord, help me tonight. Give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. It begins, therefore, and it's cliche, but I'll say it again. Whenever you see therefore, you go back and see what it's there for, right? You go back and see what it's there for. Therefore, is it's bringing out the implications of what it just said in the past. So it's already, he's, he's, he's spelled out the wonderful things that God has done for us in Christ. Hey, he caused us to be born again. We have this inheritance. We have all these things. We have this great privilege because of, of we, have, we have the Scriptures and, and we can understand things that the old prophets of old didn't understand. We have all these great benefits because of what God has done. Therefore, because of what God has already done, He tells us to do these things. Now, notice, I, I don't know what translations you have. Some translations, I think particularly the EIV, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the NIV may say, prepare your minds for action and be sober-minded. Um, the, the translation I'm reading from is the ESV, and it says, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded. Uh, and, and the thing that the ESV is trying to get across is those first two verbs there are actually, they're not the main verb. They're uh, what you might call participles, which I don't want to get into. Um, but they're hanging on, they're contingent on what the main verb is. So therefore, I'm going to jump ahead to what the, the, the main verb is, and that's set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's been talking about this great salvation, this, this future-oriented salvation that we are, we, our hope is in. We're looking forward to it, and, and, and we'll have this great joy at the revelation of Jesus Christ that's to come. And here he says, therefore, because of all this, set your hope fully on the grace that will be yours at that time. How are we to live in this hostile world? How are we to, to, to be able to, to stand up under the pressure to conform to the world around us? The way we do so is to set our hope fully on the grace that will be revealed. 
to think on, to meditate on, and, and to, to fully throw our weight on the hope of the future. And so many times, you know, you've, maybe you've heard the song, uh, someone is of, uh, of so, so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good, right? You, Johnny Cash sang it, so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. And, and I think there's maybe a good caution there. Sometimes we can be so, we, we can be so spiritual that we forget to take care of the needy and the poor. And I think James warns us against that. But at the same time, it is very, very possible to be so earthly-minded, we're no of heavenly good. We're so, so caught up in today, so caught up in, in trying to pad our bank account, uh, trying to get enough stuff for living today, and we don't have that future hope that we're holding on to. Jesus here is telling us, as, as Peter writes it, he's telling us we need to set our hope fully, fully. Our hope is fully on the grace that's to be revealed. Not to hope in whether or not i got enough money in the bank. What, not to hope in whether my health is going to be good next week or not. Not to hope in whether or not I might get coronavirus or not. Not to hope in, in protecting ourselves or anything like that. No, our hope is to be fully in the grace that is to be revealed. Our hope is future-oriented uh, because we are looking forward to a time when Jesus will come and He will set all things right. Right now, we live in tribulation, we live in turmoil, and it is, as Peter has already said, a little while compared to the glory that will be coming when we receive our inheritance in Jesus. He says, set our hope fully on that grace that's to be revealed. The other two verbs there, I think, are explaining how we are to set our hope on that grace. He says, preparing your mind for action. Preparing your mind for action. In order to set our hope on that grace that's to be revealed, we've got to use our minds. And sometimes we don't want to use our minds, right? We, we want to just, we want to be, we want to have lazy minds. <laughs> we don't want to think about things. But being a Christian calls us to meditate on the things of God. And, and we've got to use effort and strength in order to preach the gospel to ourselves. To continually remind ourselves of, it takes effort. And, and if we get distracted and if we forget to do this, we will, be, we will slip away and we will begin to conform to the world around us instead of being able to conform to the likeness of Jesus Christ. So it takes effort, it takes strength. We've got to prepare our minds for action. And he says, be sober-minded. Um, some translations may say self-controlled. Uh, I think the, the soberness, uh, I think um, it's not necessarily about drunkenness as, oppo as opposed to drunkenness being sober, but it's we need to have a grasp on reality. We need to have a, uh, and, and, and you know, it, if, you have a, if you have a near miss, like if, you, if you're in, in a car and, and, and maybe something out of the blue happens and you're on you're on a trip somewhere and and somebody just pulls out in front of you and you 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 get past it and you're like whoo man i can't god was with me there uh, i could have just been dead you know that sobers us up 
that gives us a sense of reality. And when we think about the realities of, of life, we think about the, the, the fact that life is a breath. We're here today, and we don't know how long we have, and coronavirus could come and get us tomorrow, okay? <laughs> With that, it gives us a sense of soberness. We need to have a grasp on reality. We don't know how many days we have left. And, and the most important, ultimate things in life are God. It's Jesus. It's what He has done for us. It's, it's getting the message to those who, who need to hear it. That brings about a soberness of mind. So in order to set our hope on the, on, on the, on the grace that is to be revealed to us, we need to be sober-minded and we need to prepare our minds for action. Then he moves on. I think he's continuing to tell us what it means to, to set our hope fully on the grace that is to be revealed to us. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. These two things, I think, are like two sides of a coin. They're going together. I don't think they're two different commands. Uh, they're, they're, they're one. Uh, he, he's, he's stating it as a negative, and he's stating it as a positive. First, he says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Something, something that, that kind of goes back to the fact that we live in obedience because of what God has done for us in Christ. We're not trying to gain His acceptance. Um, the very thing he begins with here in verse 14 is, as obedient children. We can't do it. We can't prevent ourselves from falling into conformity with the world. We can't be holy unless we're obedient children. Unless we're, we, can, we can call on God as Father. Unless we've been born again. He's already said, we've been born again to a living hope. And now he reminds us by saying, we're, we're, we're children of God. And just like a child is going to act like their parents... Just like uh, most people uh, it, throughout history up until the modern era, a man would do what his father did, right? And, and in the same way, um, as obedient children, believers, we are to do like our father does. And God is holy, and so we are to be holy, not because we're trying to be something we're not, but because we're already ch children of the one who is holy. He says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. I'm going to talk about the second verse first and go back to second part first and go back to the first. Holiness. We have to be holy. <laughs> now I, I, I can't overemphasize this enough. If, if our holiness is based in a pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and white knuckle and just be as good as I can, we're missing the boat. Our holiness is based on the fact that Christ has redeemed us. He, he set us apart. He's brought us out of the world. He's, he's made us separate from the rest of the world. And the, the moral aspect is the fact that He has 
purified us. He has washed us clean from our sin and from our impurity. He's made us holy in that way. And He continually makes us more and more holy. And, and so, oftentimes, we don't understand holiness. Because God is so holy and, and He's so... We, we just can't even get a grasp on, on what holiness is all about. And so I think because of the fact that, that holiness is such a, a difficult concept to understand, He gives us a negative so we can, help under, we can understand it better. He says, don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. What we were like before Christ. What we were like before we were born again. What we were like when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, as Ephesians chapter 2 tells us. We're not to be conformed, like, like put in a mold of the way we used to be. We're not supposed to just fit in with everybody around us. We're going to live as aliens. We're going to live as strangers. We're not to be conformed to those things. We're not to be conformed to the passions, those desires of the flesh that, we, that used to characterize us. But instead, we're to be holy. We're to be like Christ. We're to live lives that reflect on our Father. And then finally, he tells us in, in verse 16, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. It's funny, it's saved for the last reason here. He gives us these great motivations. You're going to be like your father. You're not going to be conformed to the world around us. And then he tells us, because it's written in Scripture. It's command. He puts it the last on the list, but still it's binding. It's written in Scripture. We, we're commanded to be holy. I find it interesting that it's, it's the last thing on the list, though. Still important. We're still to be obedient because God called us to it, because He, he commands it. But I think it says something that it's the last on the list. Our primary motivation is we want to be like our Father. Our primary motivation is because of love. Because Jesus has done so much for us. Therefore, therefore, because of the, the magnificent grace that He has given us in Christ, because of the fact that He's caused us to be born again, because of the fact that He has a, a future hope for us, because of the fact that we have this privilege of, of revelation, because of the fact that we can rejoice in tribulations, therefore, we set our hope on, this, on, on the glory, on the salvation that's to be revealed. And we're to live as holy, obedient children because we love our Father. Believers, you know, First Peter, all, all the letters in the, in the Bible are, are basically written to believers. And I think, I think as far as I understand, everybody that's present with us here are believers. How are we to live in this world? We know, we all different see different ways in which this world is hostile, and it's, this world comes into conflict with us and, 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 and causes it to be difficult for us to keep on going. We've got to continually, every day, give 
mental effort and strength to setting our hope on that salvation that is to be revealed. And we live a life that is an obedient and in following the example of our Father who put that love in us in the first place. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.